All right, so we're going to pick it up from the bottom of Daf Lamed Gimel Lamed Beis. Today's Daf, it's not the easiest Daf. You have to be able to remember the last couple Dafim and all put it all together. So the Gemara said like this, there was a contradiction that our Mishnah said that if you ma'anis a sister, you pay a knas. The problem is that there's a mission in Kedushan that says that if you're ma'anis, that if you live with a sister, you have to get malchus. And the problem is that we don't have malchus, we don't have lashes and money, so we had different approaches. Ula had his approach, or Yechon had his approach. Then you had Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish says that the Mishnah follows the mayor. The mayor holds that you get lashes and pay money. So the both Mishnahs are right, and both Mishnahs are telling you half of the story. The problem is that Rav Meir also holds, does not believe in Kim Lebed the Ramine. Rav Meir holds that if you're Mechal Shabbos and you owe people money, at the same time you have to pay. Our Mishnah doesn't hold like that, because our Mishnah says that if you manis your mother, so there's Chai of Misa, Bidei Adam, you don't have to pay the Knas, because Kim Lebed the Ramine. So how could our Mishnah be Rav Meir when Rav Meir doesn't believe in Kim Lebed the Ramine? How do we know that Rav Meir doesn't believe in Kim Lebed the Ramine? Because Rav Meir said that if you take an animal, and you shecht it on Shabbos, you steal an animal and shecht it on Shabbos, so we know that when you steal an animal, you have to pay for the animal. When you slaughter it, you have to pay four or five times more. So over here, you're slaughtering it on Shabbos, right? So that means that you're getting the obligation of four or five times at the same time that you're Mechal Shabbos, or you slaughter for Avodah or you slaughter a Shar HaNiskel. All of these cases, you have a of Misa, and you have financial obligations, and Rameir said you're Chai of both. So how could you say that our Mishnah follows Rameir when Rameir does not believe in Kim Lev the Rabbine? So he said, the answer is no. Really, Rameir does believe in Kim Lev the Rabbine. So why do you have to pay in the case of the animal that's being shechted on Shabbos? The case is where you're not, the, the one who's Mechal Shabbos is not the thief. Meaning, the case is where a thief steals, uh, I steal the goat, I give it to my father, and I say, hey, please shecht it for me on Shabbos. So he has the Chi of Misa, I have the chi of mom and I have to pay four or five times because this is the exception that we have a concept of shlichus l'tvaravera. It's the one time where we say that if you send a shliach, the one who sends the shliach has to pay. That's why you have to pay because it's not one person. There's an exception to the rule. There's gzeris hakos of yeshliach l'tvaravera. But in general, he does believe in kim le'vramin and this is the exception. Okay. So the Gemara says... So here's the question. If that's the case, that it's not being shechted by the same person who is who stole it. So I stole it, and you're shechting it. So you get the chi of Shabbos, you get the Misa, I get the money. And that's her mayor shita. So why did the Rabbanon disagree? If everybody agrees that's the case, and everybody agrees that yeshliach dvaravera, then why did the Rabbanon disagree? So the Gemara says, Man chacham, go to the beginning of Lamed Dalet, Rav Shimon he da'amar shechita, she'inarui lo'ishma shechita. The answer is, when are you chayiv four or five times when you steal an animal and slaughter it? Rav Shimon shechita is that in order for it to be considered the type of slaughtering, I mean, let's say instead of slaughtering it, you just take a gun and shoot it in the head. I would think you'd still chayiv four or five times. The answer is no. Rav Shimon holds that it has to be a shechita, but not just a shechita, a shechita that is halachically acceptable, that the, the animal is now kosher to eat. That's for you to be chayiv. So the case is over here, what, what's the case? You stole an animal, you stole an animal and you shechted it for avodah Could you eat the animal after you shechted for avodah Of course not. You stole an animal, you shechted on Shabbos, and the Gemara is assuming if you shechted on Shabbos, you can't eat it because you desecrated Shabbos. So really, 
the reason why you don't have to pay is because it's a loophole. Over here, in this case, where you shechted the animal, and it's not the type of shechita that makes it kosher, because it's avodah because it's a shara niskal, because it's Shabbos, it's due to a technicality that you don't have to pay the four or five times. No, apparently Rav Shimon holds, it has to be the type of, sh- like an actual shechita. Like the Torah is like punishing you for like... Uh, you, for, for, you step on an animal, which is above According to this, well, first of all, sure not. It would have to be a shara set. But, but let's say you take a gun and you shoot the shara set in the head, according to Rav Shimon, you would not have to pay. Correct. Well, you'd have to pay the principal, what a kefil, but not the four or five. So the Gemara says, okay, so therefore the reason why you don't have to pay in this case is because it's not a good shechita. Now, what are the three cases? Let's just run through them quickly and we'll see the outside, we'll see it inside. One is where you shechted an animal for Avodazara. I'll do a quick game for you. If you shechted an animal for Avodazara, is it a good shechita? Could you eat the animal? No. No, good. If you shecht an animal that's a shara niskal, an animal shara niskal means that an animal that was already killed somebody and was uh, in court, they made a psak that you have to stone the animal. Could you eat the animal after that? No. So if you shechted it, could you eat it? No. You shecht an animal on Shabbos, what's the halacha? If you cook something on Shabbos accidentally, could you eat it? According to most opinions, yes. Maybe after Shabbos. Yeah. So over here, if you shechted the animal on Shabbos, so you don't have to pay. Why? Because it's not a good shechita. Why is it not a good shechita? Most Hanoim hold that if you desecrated Shabbos accidentally, you're allowed to eat the food. So if you shechted an animal on Shabbos, you'd be allowed to eat it. So why is it that, that we said that if it's the type of shechita? Oh, it's a shechita, it's no good, so it's not four or five. Why is the shechita no good? So avodazara I get, shechita I get, but why Shabbos? We paskin that if someone cooked cholent on Shabbos. By the way, actual halacha is we paskin accidentally cooked cholent on Shabbos. So Ashkenazim, most Ashkenazim, many Ashkenazim are lenient. Svardim are machmer. But even Svardim who are machmer, the Shulchan Aruch, he holds that it's mutter after Shabbos. So it's gonna, it's, it's a good shechita. <laughs> Meaning, so why, even if, yeah, maybe it's not a good shechita you can eat on Shabbos, but it's a good shechita you can eat on Matzah Shabbos. So why is that not good, good shechita? Why? So the Gemara says, Second line, I get it. If you shecht it, meaning you're only chayef a dollar behave if it's a good shechita. And over here, it's not a good shechita, so you don't have to pay. Okay. I understand why it's not a good shechita by Avodazar and by Ashar Nisko. Hello, shechita Shabbos, shechita Ruyihi. But if you shecht on Shabbos, even if you desecrated Shabbos, bidi Eved, you could eat the meat at some point. Maybe not on Shabbos, Mosi Shabbos, but it's edible. For the person who shechted it, it's not, as the Mishnah says, If you shecht on Shabbos or Yom Kippur, even if you desecrated Shabbos and you'll have all the punishments that come along with it, it's still a good shechita. You could still eat the animal. So, so what's the what's, what's going on over here? It's the answer. The answer is. While I told you before there's a machlokas between Ashkenazim and Svardim, it's between the Shulchan Aruch and the Groh, if you accidentally break Shabbos, could you eat the food? So Svardim say not until after Shabbos, Ashkenazim Ramah said on Shabbos if it's a need. There's a third shita. We don't pass in this way, and that's Rav Yochanan Asandler. Rav Yochanan Asandler holds that if you accidentally desecrated Shabbos, the person who desecrated Shabbos can never benefit from it ever. Only other is Matzi Shabbos, but the person who did it, never. So therefore, our, this so brisa, correct, correct. So this, so this brisa is talking about it's it's saying that it's not a good shechita. I we paskin the answers. It's following Rabbi Yochanan Hasanler, who is not how we paskin. 
Detanya, as the Raisa says, Hamavashal b'Shabbos, if you accidentally cooked on Shabbos, Yoichal, you could eat it. B'Mezid lo Yoichal, if you did it on purpose, you can't eat it if Rameir. By the way, that's the Gra. The Gra follows Rameir. Okay. Svaradim follow Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda, Oimer, B'Shoigig Yoichal amotzei Shabbos, B'Mezid lo Yoichal lamis. The Svaradim and Rav Yehuda, they say, no, on Shabbos no one's allowed to eat it, but Motzei Shabbos everybody can eat it. And if it's mazid, no one's ever allowed to eat it. But if it's b'shoigig, everyone's allowed to eat it matzah shabbos. Okay. Then you have Rav Yechon Asanlu. He says b'shoigig yoichel matzah shabbos la'acherim v'loyloy. He says even accidentally chil shabbos, the person who is mechal shabbos can never eat it. So matzah shabbos, his friends can eat it, but he himself can never eat it. And b'mazid loyichol elamis loyloy v'loyloacherim. And if it was done on purpose, no one's ever allowed to benefit from it. So therefore, the answer is our mission. Our the brisa follows the shita of Rav Yochanan Asanler. So the Gemara says, "My time with Rav Yochanan Asanler. What's the reason for Rav Yochanan Asanler? What's his svara that he holds that if you're mechal shabbos b'shoigeg, you're never allowed to benefit from it." The answer is Kididarish of Chia Pischa de Nasiya, as Rukhia said in the opening of the of the base medish of Nasiya, Shemaritem as a Shabbis, keep Shabbis, ki Kaidishilachem. Shabbis is called Kaidish. Now we know Kaidish refers to Kodshim. Kodsh Kaidish means uh, abstain. Kaidish means avoid. Ma Kaidish Asabahila, just like Kodshim, you're not allowed to eat a carbon for the average person. Or a carbon that's brought on the mizbeach, no one's allowed to eat. Af shabbos asurin ba'achila. So to shabbos is called kaidish, just like kaidish a kar a chatas. You can't eat a chatas. So to shabbos, if you desecrate shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it. Ah, ima kaidish aser b'hana af meisah shabbos aser b'hana. Well, if you're going to compare it to a carbon, carbon you're not allowed to benefit from. Kaidish you're not allowed to benefit from. So to the same thing with shabbos, you're not allowed to benefit from. The answer is no. Tamloy merlochem. Lachem, the pasuk says Shabbos is for you. Shalachem yehei, that uh, you're allowed to benefit. Uh, it's not it's aser b'achila, but it's not aser b'hana. Yachal afilu b'shoigig. You might think that you're allowed to benefit even b'shoigig, meaning you might think that um, that when we said that it's uh, we know that if it's b'mezid, it's aser forever, right? We know that if it's b'mezid, it's aser forever. But shoigig, it's mutter matzei Shabbos for others. What's the distinction between Shoigig and Mezid? Where do you know the distinction from? The Pasuk compares it to Kaidish, which means Yenala to benefit from, and it says in the same Pasuk, that if you desecrate Shabbos, you've got the death penalty, which means Dafka when there's a death penalty, which is Mezid, is there a restriction and is it called Kaidish? But if it was done B'Shoigig, you could be lenient. Okay. Now, there's a machlekes in Ravacha Ravina. This whole concept that if you're mechalal Shabbos, b'shoigig, b'mezid, whether you're allowed to benefit from the food, that's called Maisa Shabbos. The question is, is this deraisa or is it derabonon? You cook on Shabbos, right? We're saying there are different halachas about when you could eat it, who could eat it. Is that deraisa? Is that a biblical prohibition or is that a rabbinic prohibition? That it's Mutter Matzei Shabbos, and Ashkenazim follow a mayor. Uh, the Gra follows a mayor that it's Mutter on Shabbos. Feels that even Matzei Shabbos, it's not Mutter for the person who did it, ever. So the question is, is this concept of Matzei Shabbos der Abonon or der Reise? Now we just had a posuk, so that would imply that it's der Reise, or it could be the Asmachta. So the Gemara says, Chadam or Matzei Shabbos der Reise, Chadam der Abonon. One says that Matzei Shabbos is der Reise. 
is a rabbinic, is a biblical problem. One says, no, this whole thing is only a rabbinic creation. The one who says it's deraisa, as we just got finished saying, we just got a posuk. He darshans it the exact opposite. The Pasuk says Kaidish, meaning Shabbos is Kaidish, but not what she did on Shabbos. What she did on Shabbos is not Kaidish. Meaning it's not, uh, it's not, it's not Asr Deir So here's the problem. So we just got finished saying why the Rabbanon hold that if you, if you shecht on Shabbos, a stolen animal, you don't have to pay four or five times. So he said, why? So he said, because it's not a good shechita. Now, if you hold that Maisa Shabbos is just derabonon, it is a good shechita. So you should have to pay four or five times, right? You know what I'm saying? The Rabbanon said that if you mechal Shabbos and shecht an animal that's stolen, you don't have to pay four or five times. Why? Because it's not a good shechita. For it to be chayiv four or five times, it has to be considered a good shechita. And it's not a good shechita when it's done on Shabbos because you can't eat it. If you hold that Maisa Shabbos is derabonon, this whole premise is only a rabbinic stringency, then it is a good shechita. You should have to pay. The answer is, ki ashar. The answer is, you're right. When the Rabbanon, in that b'raisa, it listed three cases. Uh, steal an animal and shecht it for Avodah Shar Niskel and Shabbos. The answer is Shabbos, Taka, you, you, you'd have to pay. When it says you don't have to pay, it's referring to the other two cases. Shabbos, Taka, you would have to pay. Okay. Now, here's the question. Uh, you shechted an animal for Avodah So you have to pay four or five times. The problem is like this. It's a special halacha. You only have to pay four or five times if it, I steal your animal, yeah? I steal your animal, I, and then I shecht it, I have to pay four or five times. If it's not your animal, I don't have to pay four or five times, right? Conceptually. Every time you shecht an animal for Avodah Zara, I'll explain. When you shecht an animal for Avodah Zara, when you do one pipe, one of the pipes of the neck of the animal, it's already Avodah Zara, it's Asa Bahana. When is it a full shechita? When you finish two pipes. By the time you get to two pipes, it's not yours anymore. It's a technicality. I shouldn't have to pay four or five times. By the time I'm done shechting and it's not your animal, because the second you start cutting, it's already avodazar. You already made it avodazar. It's also bahano. It's not yours anymore. Once it's not yours anymore, why do I have to pay four or five times? It's like a technicality. Because the four or five times happens when you finish a proper shechita, which is the majority of the esophagus or trachea. The problem is it's avodazar after one. If you cut the esophagus for avodazar, it's already avodazar. So what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, The cases where you shech the animal for Avodah but you say, I only want it to be Avodah when I cut both the trachea and the esophagus. Okay. You stipulated that when you shechted it, that you only want it to be Avodah when you cut both. Okay, fine. The Gemara continues. The Gemara says, um, here's another kasha. The Gemara says like this. The kasha is okay. Shar haniskel. Shar haniskel is like this. You have an animal that sh- that that hurt that killed a person, and it was found guilty in court. So you have to stone the animal. Once it gets a verdict that it has to be stoned, it's aser bahana. You're not allowed to benefit from it. So here's the question: You you slaughter that. So you steal it from the guy's house after the verdict. You steal it and slaughter it. You have to pay four. You don't have to. You have to pay four or five times according to a mayor. 
according to the according to the Ramer. The question is why? It's Asabahana. It's not the guys anymore. Once there's a verdict that this animal has to be stoned. So somebody steals that animal. Correct. And then steals and slaughters it, yet you have to pay. The question is why do you have to pay? Why do you have to pay? It's not it has no it has no financial value. It's Asabahana. So the Gemara Sharon is Galavdi Dehu to Kitavach. Ah. So let me, this is very interesting, this next Gemara. I'll tell you outside. Uh, let me read it and I'll explain. Amarabah, Hachamai Eskinon. The case is as follows. Kenchemasul Shaimer, Behizik Bebe Shaimer, Benig Mardina Bebe Shaimer. Here's the case. It's not what you thought. The case is not where you had an animal that killed someone and was found guilty and it was stolen. It's a little more complicated than that. Here's the case you have an animal. Yeah, that you follow? You have an animal. You give it to me to watch. I'm a shimer. Okay? While it's under my care, it kills someone. It gets a guilty verdict. And I have not yet told you about this. So it's all under my care. Then while it's still under my care, it's stolen and slaughtered. So why do you have to pay? I'll tell you why. The Gemara says, Rav Meir Savalak Rav Yaakov is Savalak Rav Shimon. Rav Meir follows the view of Rav Yaakov and Rav Shimon. Savalak Rav Yaakov Damaaf Mishen Nigmar Dina Hechziru Shaimer Lebayil of Muchzer. Savalak Rav Shimon Damar Davar Agarim Lemam Kemam and Dami. Let me ask you a question. In this case, you give me an animal to watch, and under my care, it kills someone and gets a guilty verdict. So it's it has no it has no value because they're going to stone it in a couple of days. Do I owe you an animal? I'm a shimer. Do I owe you an animal? No, no, no. Yeah, even a shimer. Whatever. I don't, do I, I, I? You gave me an animal to watch. I'm giving you back an animal that has a guilty verdict. So Rav Yaakov holds that if you return the animal, even post-guilt verdict, you don't have to pay. You took an animal, you give back an animal. I, this animal has no value. You yoitza. Yoitza is if you give it back. Here's the case. The case is where you gave me an animal to watch. Under my care, it killed someone, it got the guilty verdict, and then the guy stole it from me and slaughtered it. Why does he have to pay? I, it has no value. Yes, it answers yes, it does. Because if I were to give this animal back to you, I wouldn't have to pay. I, it still has no value. That's called Dover Hagarim Lamam and Kimam and Dummy. He caused me a financial loss. Because if I would just give this animal back, I wouldn't have to pay. But because he stole the animal and slaughtered it from me, I now have to pay $1,000 to get a new cow or $2,000. It's very expensive. So because if I would return it, see, he holds like Rav Yaakov that if you return the animal, you'd be Yaitza. So it has not value, but it has Gairim value. Because if I would just give it to you, it would avoid me another financial loss. So I get the money, by the way. The four or five goes to the shimer because he caused the shimer a loss. The owner was not of, caused a loss at all. He caused the shimer to have a loss. But the shimer has to pay now. Because if the shimer had the animal, even post-verdict, I could just return it before the stoning. I could return it to you and say, and you'd be like, what do you mean? I, I can't use this animal. Like, well, you gave me an animal, I'll give you back an animal. And because I, it still has no value, it still has no intrinsic value, it's called goyrim momen. Yeah, it's a, it's a grama of money. It's not it's not actual value, but it's a goyer in the moment. Okay, good. Rabba, bottom line. Rabba Omar. Okay, we're doing this pretty well. Thank God. Rabba says very simple. Change the pshat. 
Go back to yesterday's Cheshvan. Uh, As I started the daf, I reviewed, I'll review it one more time. Um, we said that our Mishnah follows Rav Meir that you have to pay and get lashes. I, Rav Meir, doesn't believe in Kimle Bidrabmine. So he believes that if you're Michal Shabbos and owe money, you have to pay. Our Mishnah does not believe in that. How do you know that Rav Meir holds that way? Because Rav Meir says that if you steal an animal and shecht it on Shabbos, you have to pay. Even though there's Chil Shabbos and four or five. So we said, no, over there, it's where someone else slaughtered it. You sent it through a shliach, and yeshliach, dvaravera. Rabbis is very simple. Really, go to the next page. Really, it's tevech Really, it's the guy stole it and slaughtered it on Shabbos. So he was Michal Shabbos, he gets a death penalty, and he still has to pay. I, I thought Rav Meir believes in Kim Lebed which means that when you have Chil Shabbos, and money you don't have to pay. So why are we here? Do you have to pay? The answer is like Mishal Misle, Mesa Mishal Mlesle, Vishani Hani the Khidish Shikhitaknas. The answer is Ramayor holds that by a knas you have to pay. Meaning what's Kimli Bidramine? Yeah? Kimli Ramine means while you're Michal Shabbos, you rip someone's clothing. Do you have to pay? No. But if at the same time you're Michal Shabbos, you have a penalty, a fine, a knas. Knas means you're paying for something, not a damage that you did. It's more than that. It's a knas, yeah? Knas don't make a lot of sense. Knas are more like to prevent people. I, I, you know what, probably, it's a shayla in the Pisces, but whether it's a knas, let's assume it's a knas. If you park on the wrong side of the road, alternate side parking, they give you a pretty stiff penalty, yeah? Would you consider that a financial penalty or a knas? Financial penalty means you're paying for something that you did wrong. I rip your shirt. That's not a knas. That's this is a knas. I saw it's a shiloh in the place. Whether it's a knas, I think it's a knas. I don't think that you did something wrong by parking on the wrong side. Maybe made the you made the cleaner have to go around you. It's a knas. Knas doesn't make sense, right? What's the number one complaint that people say? It doesn't make sense. Why do I have to pay? I didn't do anything wrong. But still, the Torah gives you a knas. A knas on Shabbos you have to pay. So Kim Lebedaravmine means that if you're Michal Shabbos and you have financial obligations, yeah, then you don't have to pay the financial obligations. But if you have a knas, you have to pay. So really, Rameir is the author of our Mishnah. I, our Mishnah doesn't say Kim Lebedaravmine, the answer is by a knas is different. Now, the Gemara tomorrow is going to point out our Mishnah is also talking about a knas, and yet you still don't have to pay, but we'll deal with that tomorrow. But the point is, so generally Rameir believes in Kim Lebedaravmine, but in that case of a knas is different. And this is Rabba Lishitaso, that there's a difference between financial and knas. There's moment and knas. I'll prove it to you. Every time you steal an animal, by the way, what are the pay? See, when you steal the animal, you have to pay the principal. That's mamon. That's not a knas. That's, you stole the animal, you got to pay the principal. The four or five is a knas. So the Rabba says like this. If you stole the animal on Friday, right? So Friday, you have to pay the principal. Then on Shabbos, you slaughter the animal. Do you have to pay? So you have Shabbos, and you have the knas of four or five, the halachas you have to pay. Because kimle b'dirabmine does not cover a knas. You stole the animal on Friday, so you have the principle you have to pay back on Friday already. Shabbos, you slaughter the animal. So you stole it on Friday, Shabbos, you slaughtered it. Rabba holds, you have to pay. Why? I, I thought Shabbos covers all financial. The answer is the, the chiv over here is knas, because the financial, you already had the chiv from Friday. The chiv that came out on Shabbos was the knas. So because the chiv was the knas, therefore, it's not covered by kimel with the ramine because knas is different. But let's say instead of stealing it on Friday, you steal it and slaughter it on Shabbos. So on Shabbos you have 
the knas and the financial obligation, then the halach is potter. Then you're potter. I why do you, why not why shouldn't you pay the knas? You can't pay four or five if you don't have to pay the principal. So if the principal is not required because of Kimlev the Ramine, then the knas is also not required. Correct. You'll get killed, so that'll be pretty bad. Gemara continues. So again, so Kimlev the Ramine will cover financial, but it will not cover kanas. Therefore, if you stole the animal on Shabbos and slaughtered it on Shabbos, so what do you have to pay? So really, you just have to pay the four or five. You don't have to pay the principal. You don't have a chi of four or five if there is no principal. Okay. Another case. Now, this is an interesting case of Kim Rabine. Again, what's Kim Rabine? That means that at the same time that you have a financial obligation, you have a chi of Misa. This is the Gemara extends Kim Rabine to Bob Machteres. What's Bob Machteres? Bab Machteres means that if a robber tunnels under your house, you have the right to kill him because he is uh, uh, threatening your life. So you have the right to kill him. If you catch him, you can kill him. Because anytime someone comes into your home, breaks into your home, we assume that he has the interest in killing you if need be. So it's someone coming to kill you, Hashkim Laharga. So tunneling under a house is the same qualification? Correct. So here's the deal. If while you're tunneling under the house, you slaughter the animal, you don't have to pay. Why? Kim le ramine means not just the death penalty, any chi of misa. So because when you're above a machteras, because when you're tunneling under the house, you sort of have a death penalty against you, that if you're caught, you're killed. So at that time, if you slaughter an animal, you don't have to pay. So he extends that same exact halacha for the laws of Shabbos to tunneling. If while you're tunneling underground, so if you stole it on fr- uh, the day before and then you tunneled and slaughtered it while tunneling, so you have to pay. Because the chi of mamin was before the tunneling. And while you're tunneling, although it's kimelev the ramine, but the, the, the obligation of four or five kicks in, you pay a knas, even by Kim and the Rabbinate. But if you, while tunneling, you stole the animal and slaughtered it, so all of them are happening at the same time, Kim Leib the Rabbinate. So he's, he's saying the same halacha by Shabbos and by tunneling. Why does he need to repeat himself? Utsricha, it's needed. Iashmin and Shabbos, if he just listed Shabbos, you'll say, Mishum de Isur Isur Oilam. Shabbos is forever. Machteris, which is a temporary obligation, maybe the halacha does not apply. And if you'd say machteres, I would not be able to extend it to Shabbos. Why? Because machteres does not require hasra. You do not require warning when you, someone tunnels into your house because you don't know he's going to tunnel into your house. But Shabbos requires warning, so because Shabbos requires warning, maybe the halacha will be different. That's why you need to list both cases. Yeah? Okay. I'm Rav Papa. Haisapara Genuvaloi. Same exact halacha. If you stole an animal on Friday, so you have the financial obligation already on Friday, Vitavcha Bishabis, and you slaughtered it on Shabbos, so now the four or five kicks in Shabbos, you have to pay. Because the only chiyav that's going in on Shabbos is a knas, and we do not say Kimlev the Rabbinay by a knas. Okay. But let's say you borrowed the animal on Friday and then slaughtered it on Shabbos. Do you have to pay? You borrowed it on Friday. 
and slaughtered it on Shabbos. Do you have to pay? No. Because on Shabbos, you have all the Chiyuvim are coming together, so Kim Lebin What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is, when you borrow an animal, we know that you're requiring yourself to make sure that you'll cover all financial problems, right? right. If you borrowed it on Friday, but slaughtered it on Shabbos, the Chiddush is that we don't say that it's Ki'ilu Yerchayev from Friday. Meaning, one could argue that when you sign a document that you're borrowing or whatever, you do the transaction to borrow, you could argue that any future obligation really stems from that moment. So therefore, if it's slaughtered on Shabbos, you could say, yeah, but like, when does the Chiyav really start? It really all started when you borrowed it. So we shouldn't say Kim of the Ramaneh. Kim of the means that you have money and Shabbos at the same time, but you might say that it's not really money and Shabbos at the same time because when did the Chiyavim really start? When you borrowed it, which was before Shabbos. Kamash will know the Chiyav starts when, it, when the damage happens. We don't say with, the, with borrowing that the Chiyav begins from the time of the borrowing. The Chiyav begins when the time of the damage happens. Why would you no, but by borrowing, that's when, but when you borrow it, you took upon the financial responsibility. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, it's a little different, but yeah. But the point is, we don't say that. Now, the Gemara says, I'm sorry, Ravashi, the Chiddush of Papa is the case of borrowing. You might think, you might think that from the time of borrowing, that's when you require, you're obligating yourself for all obligations retroactively. I'll tell you how this is Negeya. This is Negeya in the following case. Amarava, Rava says, you have a father who borrowed a cow for two weeks, okay? And then the father died. So the kids can continue using the cow until the time of borrowing is up. The father borrows it for two weeks, dies two days in. His kids, although they technically were not the borrowers, they can continue the borrowing it for 12 days. What do you mean? The father borrowed a cow, and then the father died. The children of the father can continue using the cow until the end of the borrowing period. Now, Mesa, now let's say the animal died while the kids are, are watching it. They don't have to pay. Why? Because they're not the borrowers. So it's a technicality, right? Pause, by the way. Pause right there. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll spend a minute. But the point is, the kids, bar, the kids are continuing to use it, and then the animal dies, they don't have to pay. We can say, they're the shayel, they're not the shayel, their father was the shayel. Now, let's say instead of uh, using it, they thought it was their father's animal, and they shechted it. So they come home after the funeral, they see a cow there, they think it's their father's, they shecht it. The halach is, they don't have to pay four or five, what do they have to pay? They pay a two, a, 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 I think a third below market value. They pay a very cheap price because we don't want to, we're not punishing them because uh, the truth is they didn't know what they were doing was wrong. So you're only they only have to pay for the benefit that they got. So they pay below market value. Okay, so now here, we've had two halachas. One is that if the animal dies while they're using it, they don't have to pay. And number two is that if they shechted it, they have to pay below market value. They get the papal of market value. But then the Brisa ends this line. If the father left actual property, like land, 
Nechosim chayav nusham, then they have to pay. Now the question is, what was this line going on? If the line is going on the first part, what would that mean? The first part says as follows, the kids can use the thing even after the father died, and if, it, and if the animal dies, they don't have to pay. But if the father left property, then they have to pay from the property. Why? Because this would be not like Rav Papa. What did Rav Papa say? Rav Papa said that the chiyuvim of a shoyel begin at the time of the damage, not at the time of the borrowing. This b'risa would be not like that, because what would this b'risa be saying? It would be saying, I borrowed, the father borrowed a cow on Friday, and he had physical property, he had land. And what happens? The land now has a lien on that property that if anything happens to the cow, he has to pay back. Two days later, he dies. And then a day later, the kids are using and the animal dies. We said if there's physical property, they have to pay. Why? I, what do you mean? They're not the borrowers. The answer is that when the father borrowed, the chiyuvim began then. And because he had physical property, the lien, there's a lien on the property from the time that he borrowed. So that would be not like Rav Papa, because Rav Papa said that the chiyuvim do not begin from the time of the borrowing. It all happens from the time of right now. Well, right now the father is dead. So why would I have to pay from the property? Because it goes back from the time of the borrowing. This would be not like Rav Papa. Pligid Rav Papa. Um... But, I'm sorry, one second. If you say that that line that talks about the physical property, that if you have physical property, you have to pay. If that's going on the first part of the b'risa, then it would be not like Rav Papa. But some say that line of physical property is going on the end of the b'risa, meaning the end of the b'risa says that if you shechted an animal thinking it was the father's, then you pay below market value, but now we'll be saying that if there's physical land, you have to pay from the physical land for full market value. But in the first case of the b'risa, where the animal uh, died under the children's care, they would not have to pay, even if there's physical property. Why? Because that follows our papa, that the chiyuvim do not begin at the time of the borrowing, so we don't say there's a lien from the time of the borrowing onto the land. The chiyuvim begin at the time of the damage. And at the time of the damage, the father is already dead, so you don't have to pay. So this shaila of whether, if your father left property and left an animal, and the kids are using it after father's death, and the animal dies, do they have to take from the physical property and pay for the animal? Whether that they have to would be totally in the shaila of Rav Papa. If you hold like Rav Papa that, that, if you hold like Rav Papa that the chiyuvim begin at the time of the damage, at the time of the damage, the father is already dead. If you disagree with Rav Papa that the chiyuv begin at the time of the borrowing, then already from the time of the borrowing there's a lien on the property, then you'd have to pay. The Gemara says, Bishlam, no, let's just finish up. We had a problem. The, the problem was our Mishnah said that if you're is a sister, you have to pay. Mishnah and Kedushin said that if you're Ma'anis, that if you live with your sister, there's lashes. Now you can't have both. You can't have lashes and mammon. So how do you reconcile the two? So Rishlokish Taka said that in Father of Mayor that there is lashes and mammon. Rav Yechanan disagreed. Rav Yechanan said no. What did Rav Yechanan say? Rav Yechanan said it's very simple. Normally there's lashes. So why did Armisha say money? That's talking about a case where they didn't have hasra for lashes. They didn't warn him for lashes. So if they warned him for lashes, then there's lashes and mammon. You get lashes. If they didn't warn him for lashes, then you just get mammon. So the Gemara says. I understand why Rav Yechon didn't say like Rish Lakish, because Rish Lakish said that our Mishnah follows the sheet of Rav Meir, because Rav Yechon didn't want to make our Mishnah following Rav Meir alone. He wanted to follow everybody. Because Rav Meir was the one who said that you could have lashes and money. Rav Yechon didn't like that because he didn't want to pigeonhole our Mishnah to follow Davka. 
Rameir. He wanted to go follow the Rabbanon. The question is, why did Rish Lakish not say like Rav Yechanan? That again, that there's a distinction. If they warned him for lashes, then you have lashes and mammon, then you just get lashes. If they didn't warn him for lashes, then you just get mammon. Rish Lakish didn't like that because Amrlach, interesting svar that we'll talk about tomorrow, Kivan de'ilu isru be'potter, because Rish Lakish holds that if you would warn him for lashes, then he'd get lashes and he wouldn't have to pay. Then even if he's not warned for lashes, he doesn't have to pay. Meaning, Rish Lakish's shita is that when you do an obligation that has a chiv of lashes and a chiv of mammon, even if you don't actually administer the lashes because there's no warning, but as long as there's a chiv of lashes, you don't have to pay. So therefore, according to him, there's no distinction, right? What did Rabbi Yochanan say? Our Mishnah said money. Mishnah Kedushin said lashes. So Rabbi Yochanan said, very simple. If you warn him, so then there's lashes physically, practically, so then he gets lashes. If you didn't warn him, so there's no practical lashes, then there's money. Rish Lakish doesn't believe in that. Rish Lakish doesn't believe in practical lashes. He feels, there's a chiv of lashes. If you do an Avera that would get you lashes if there was warning, you never have to pay. If you do an Avera that would not get you lashes, you do have to pay. So according to Rish Lakish, there's no distinction. The Gemara says, V'ozlu tamayu, as the Brisa continues, this is Lushitas, the Chiyasar of Dimi Amar, Chiv Misa Shaygin. Let's say you do an Avera that would get you Chayv Misa, but you did a Beshaygin. So there is no Chayv Misa, but you did an Avera that would get you Chayv Misa, or Chayv Malkis Shaygin. Or you do a Chayv Malkis, you do a Shaygin, so there's no lashes, but you do an Avera that would get you lashes. Bidabar Acher, so you have money and lashes, but there's no practical lashes. It's just that this would get you lashes if you were warned, if you did it on purpose, but you did an Avera that has lashes and money. Rav Yechon Amar Chayev, says, you have to pay, because there's no lashes to cover it. Rish Lakish Amar Potter, Rish Lakish says, no, Potter. Rav Yechon Amar Chayev, Rav Yechon says, Chayev, Dalai Yisubay, because you're not warned. If you're not warned, there is no physical lashes. If there's no physical lashes or physical death, there's no Kimli B'Rabine, so therefore you have to pay. Rish Lakish Amar Potter, Rish Lakish says, no, you're Potter. Kivan de ilu isube potter, kila isube nami potter. Rishlakish says, no, and we'll see tomorrow the svara. Rishlakish holds that because if I would be warned in the proper way, I would get lashes. And even if I was not warned in a proper way and I don't actually get lashes, I still don't have to pay. Therefore, Rishlakish could not say Rav Yechon and Shita in our Mishnah, and he's forced to say that our Mishnah follows Rameh. I will right, we'll stop here, pick it up tomorrow.